0: Hey, BSN listeners, really excited to tell you guys about some game-changing coffee. StravaCraft is the CBD-enriched coffee that has really changed lives. Their reviews are incredible, so check them out. This CBD-infused coffee has taken away long-term migraines, back pain, arthritis, IBS. It has helped decrease anxiety. You name it. CBD is all natural and not psychoactive. The coffee is rich and tasty, and we could not recommend it anymore to our listeners. Check it out for yourself today and receive 20% off when you use the code BSN2019 at checkout and you'll get it shipped straight to your door. What's going on, guys? Welcome into the BSN Nuggets podcast. Harrison Wind here. We are presented, of course, as we are every day on the BSN Nuggets podcast by The Green Solution. Visit any one of their 17 Colorado locations or browse their entire inventory online at mygreensolution.com. Reserve products online and pick up at your local TGS Express checkout. You'll be in and out in minutes. And if you use the code BSN20, you can get 20% off your entire purchase. Starting the week off here on the BSN Nuggets podcast, I thought it would be good if we did a quick August 5th, August 6th reset for the first week of August as we continue on this offseason. I'll give you guys some questions that are on my mind as kind of the Nuggets are are still in the dead of the off season, but we'll gradually shift their focus back to, to Denver and the upcoming regular season. And the schedule for the regular season So set to come out, I believe, on Friday. So that's always a fun day in the NBA calendar when you're like, oh, the season is kind of a little bit around the corner, but you know, we still have like a month to go. But we still at least get you know something that has to do with the regular season, some hard evidence that the regular season is approaching in some capacity. I'm expecting a bunch of national TV games for Denver. Last season, when the schedule dropped, the Nuggets were awarded 14 nationally broadcasted games. That was up from the nine uh, that they had in the year before, and, and I would expect them to have even more than that 14 this year, You know, maybe approaching the 20 national game mark on this schedule that's going to be released here, most likely on Friday. I think it could be pushed into the weekend or next week, but most likely, I think the schedule will be dropping on Friday. and Also, the news coming across that Denver will be playing on Christmas Day for the first time since 2012 in Denver. I'm to host Zion Williamson on Christmas Day. And how I like to think about Christmas Day and the slate of games the NBA puts on Christmas Day, it's pretty much like the NFL's Thanksgiving Day slate of games. Like really outside of the playoffs, more eyeballs are on the Christmas Day games than I'd say any other games throughout the season even more so than opening night. like Casual viewers and hardcore viewers tune in on Christmas just like I feel like they do for the NFL. And really, those games stand alone on Christmas. Usually, your title contenders are playing on Christmas. Usually, the biggest marquee names in the sport are playing on Christmas. And that's really what we've got this year. And the Nuggets are included in that group. And I think... After all the hype Denver's beginning this summer, the fact that they're playing on Christmas really means that that run to the Western Conference Semis last year well, that made an impression on the NBA schedule makers. So Denver will be playing on Christmas. We don't know the times yet. We'll know those when the regular season schedule gets announced. But Pelicans at Nuggets. So Zion Williamson visiting Denver on Christmas. The other matchups on that day, Clippers-Lakers, Celtics-Raptors, Bucks-76ers, Rockets-Warriors. So in my opinion, you've probably got for sure the top four teams in the West, at least in my mind, playing on Christmas. And The Nuggets, the Clippers, the Rockets, the Lakers. No particular order there. But those are probably the top four teams in the West, at least in my mind right now, and they're all playing on Christmas. The Warriors also playing on Christmas, who you know, will be a team you gotta deal with in the West for sure. I think the Warriors are getting overlooked right now. The Jazz not playing on Christmas, probably the team that you could also put in that discussion. But in my mind, I think the top four teams in the West, the Clippers, the Nuggets, the Lakers, and the Rockets are playing on Christmas, and then the East. You know, the Raptors, the Bucks, the Celtics, the Seventy Sixers. Probably the top four teams in the East as well, depending on what you think of the Nets. And if you listen to this podcast last week when I was going over some of the over-unders, I'm not as high on the Nets as a lot of people seem to be. So it's always a fun day in the NBA calendar when that schedule comes out. It could be later this week. So uh, keep it locked. BS and Denver have some coverage on there when that schedule drops for sure. I'll give you guys some takeaways or, or at least what my takeaways are from the initial schedule release. Also, before we go any further and again on today's show, I'm gonna get into just some questions that I'm pondering here as uh, we sit here on August 6th, you know, two months out from training camp, two months out from the preseason. still a long way to go, but you know we're getting closer. So I'll give you some questions that are still floating around my brain and probably floating around yours as well. The Team USA training camp for this summer slash fall's FIBA World Cup has started. Like it's I two guys in Las Vegas right now participating in it. Mason Plumley was a late add to the Team USA training camp roster. A lot of guys dropped out, as I've been covering on this show. Paul Millsap was among them. A bunch of the top names dropped out from James Harden to Russell Westbrook to Anthony Davis. You know, not, no big really surprises there. Damian Lodes, CJ McCollum. Kevin Love dropped out as well. That's why I thought Paul Mills had had a pretty good chance of making this team if he wanted to, just because of all the big men who dropped out. Mason Plumlee might make this team. Uh, But he is there practicing with the team. Training camp runs August 5th through 9th, and then I think the final 12-man roster is chosen after that. So it'll be interesting to see. I put my picks out for who I would include on the roster on Twitter a few days back. Let me know what you guys think about that. But I had Plumlee in my final 12 – I kind of loaded up on big men because Nuggets are going to be playing a bunch of really skilled big men in this competition from Nikola Jokic to Marcus All. Uh So I would load up on big men a little bit, at least if I was Greg Popovich and Jerry Colandreau picking this team. Uh, but my 12-man roster was Kemba Walker, Kyle Lowry, Donovan Mitchell, Marcus Smart, Chris Middleton, Jalen Brown, Harrison Barnes, P.J. Tucker, Thaddeus Young, Brooke Lopez, Miles Turner, and Mason Plumley. So we'll see if Plumlee gets on the team. Torrey Craig, also in Vegas, but he is a part of the select team. Doesn't seem like he's in the mix to be chosen for that 12-man roster for the national team. The select team is pretty much just a roster that's put together featuring a lot of up-and-coming guys in the league, a bunch of first, second, third-year guys who USA Basketball wants to get in their program for potential future use on... Per se, a team USA at the FIBA World Cup or the Olympics, uh, but he'll be scrimmaging against the Team USA guys this week, and so good experience for him. And uh, after the year he had, he's deserving of that. But I mean, if I'm Team USA, how do I not give like Malik Beasley a call? You know, I feel like he would have been a prime candidate for the select team for sure. Just looking at some of those names there, he's a guy if I'm USA Basketball, I want to get in the program. 22 years old, upside out the roof, a really elite shooter, a guy who can be a solid one-on-one defender, who is a plus athlete, an elite athlete. Those are all really valuable skills in international competition. No idea why FIBA didn't give Malik Beasley a call. A little perplexing there. But anyways, we'll see how the 12-man roster sorts itself out. I think Plumlee's got a chance to make the squad for sure. Mainly because the big man group at Team USA training camp, not that great. Mason Plumlee, Bam Adebayo, who, who's been drawing some rave reviews. A lot of my Heat friends think he's going to have a breakout year now that Hassan Whiteside has vacated to Portland. You also got Burke Lopez and Miles Turner there. So, not the greatest big man group, but I think Plumlee's got a shot for sure. All right, let's move on here. The first question that I'm pondering as I'm holding this microphone on August 6th right now, looking ahead towards next season. And this is coming off of the rankings I did of the Nuggets' most important players last week. If you missed that, dedicated three shows to it. I ran down the Nuggets roster, 15 through one, tackling the question and ranking the Nuggets as who are the most important players for Denver next season. And the first question that is kind of burning in my brain right now that I'm pondering has to do with the guy who I had third on that list, who I ranked as the third most important player for the Nuggets next season. And that is Gary Harris, because I am just wondering right now, sitting here, is Gary Harris going to stay healthy? Because I think the Nuggets' ceiling gets lifted dramatically, you know, if he does throughout the regular season. We saw what he can do in the playoffs, right? When he's fully healthy, we saw him lock up Derek White in the playoffs. We saw him play really good defense at times on Damian Lillard in the playoffs. He wasn't playing defense at that level throughout the regular season. And yes, you can say, yeah, you you raise your play a little bit in the playoffs when you know you can just lock in on one assignment this is it. It's the playoffs. You're playing for all the cards here. It's not the regular season in January when you're going against the Phoenix Suns on a Tuesday night. Uh, But in the playoffs, I think we saw that in part because Gary Harris was fully healthy. And he wasn't fully healthy throughout most of the regular season. He only played in 57 games last year. That was tied for the second lowest of his career. He played 55 his rookie year. And that wasn't, because of injury, I don't believe. That was just because he didn't play a lot as a rookie year under Brian Shaw. Played 76 in 2016, 57 in 2017, 67 in 2018, and 57 again last year. But if he is able to play 70 games next year, which I would qualify as Harris staying very healthy, he's going to miss a couple games here and there. He's going to get knocked up, but you know he had like three pretty significant separate injuries last season. So I'd say like 70 would be a, a good ballpark number for him to shoot for. And if he plays 70, like I think that adds, you know, three or four more wins to Nuggets total. And, and looking back at last year, I still could not just believe how Denver was able to navigate all those injuries they had to Gary Harris and Will Barton specifically. Speaks to Nuggets depth. It speaks to their amazing bench that Denver built, that Nuggets front office Tim Conley or Terrence Conover built. But still, it's mind-boggling to me just how Denver is able to navigate those injuries. That means guys like Malik Beasley, Torrey Craig, Wancho at times they were thrust into action that they, you know, weren't necessarily equipped for. Like those guys probably last year weren't equipped for thirty thirty-five minutes a game, which they played at times, but. That's just what they had to do, and they filled in admirably. but imagine if those minutes could be played by Gary Harris, you know like imagine if some of those matchups against those top tier Western Conference teams, if it was you know Gary Harris closing your games instead of Tory Craig. Gary Harris being healthy, it just elevates Denver's ceiling so much, and it's unfortunate for the nuggets because they haven't seen that guy consistently you know throughout a regular season in a while. It's like when you're looking at X-Factors for the Nuggets next year. X-Factor is such a hard word to describe, but Gary Harris's health might be near the top of that list just in terms of regular season X-Factors. Yeah, Jamal Murray's an X-Factor. We've detailed this on the podcast. He's one of the biggest swing players in the league, maybe the biggest. When he's playing at an all-star level, Nuggets are almost impossible to beat. But when he shoots 3 of 15 has six turnovers to three or four assists. Nuggets are a really good team. They're not the best team in the league, though. So he's an X factor in that regard. But I mean, more or less, I think you can depend on Jamal Murray to be more consistent next year. But he's still an X factor. I think Will Barton is a huge X factor for next year. Does he get back to his 2017-18 self? Or does he look like the player he was over the second half of last season? I personally think he'll look more like his 2017-18 self than the player he was for much of last year. Is Jeremy Grant this team's biggest X factor? Does he just become this super sub for Denver who closes some games, who's this five-position defender and shoots 40% from three? Because if he does all those things, he could very well be the Nuggets' X factor. I ranked him as Denver's fourth most important player for next season. (laughs) You know, so I'm very high on him. I think he's gonna have a huge year off the bench and spelling Paul Millsap at times in the starting lineup. If the Nuggets want to give Millsap a night off, I think he's a big X factor. Malik Beasley, who I'll get to in a little bit more and expand on how I'm viewing his season next year, but how much better he got last year, I think he can take a similar step next season. Is he an X factor off the bench in that regard? So there's a lot of X factors for next season. I don't know if any of them are more significant, though, and carry more weight and can flip more wins Denver's direction than Gary Harris's health. If Gary Harris plays 70 games next year, and that's the number I'm putting at. It. He plays 70. That's the magic number for Gary Harris. I think the Nuggets win the West if he's able to get to that number. A bunch of other questions that are burning in my head right now that I want to get to and uh, discuss with you guys it's time to take a second to acknowledge Breckenridge Brewery, the official beer of BSN Denver. Breckenridge is the original Colorado beer established in 1990 in Breckenridge, Colorado. You've probably heard of their delicious vanilla porter, their oatmeal stout, and most people's personal favorite, the world-famous avalanche, which is their classic American amber ale. But they just released a new beer called Strawberry Sky that you guys are going to love. For all you beer enthusiasts out there, they are calling this a light-hearted coal shale. But for those of you who have no idea what that means, this is a light, delicious summer beer that you've been looking for. So look for Strawberry Sky at your local liquor store or any other Breckenridge beer. Also, make sure to look out for the Breckenridge event calendar right now on bsndenver.com. You'll be able to see all the events that we have planned, and we'll be drinking Breck beers at all of them. So RSVP and have a good time. As you guys may or may not know, taking care of your teeth is pretty important. Our friends at Green Mountain Dental Group are giving away a free Sonicare when you schedule a cleaning x-ray exam. That's right. You simply have to take care of your teeth for Green Mountain Dental Group to hand over a free Sonicare. Check them out today online or call 303-988-0711 to schedule your appointment today. Back here on the BSN Nuggets podcast, presented of course by The Green Solution, Harrison Wind here. Here's a question that I've been thinking about a lot one we've discussed on the podcast a lot, what will Denver's bench look like? Because there's a lot of names, a lot of guys who played very important minutes for Denver last year who are vying for those second unit minutes. Here's a quick rundown of these players. Monte Morris, Malik Beasley, Jeremy Grant, Mason Plumlee, Torrey Craig, Michael Porter Jr., Wancho, and Don Gomez. So that's seven players probably vying for at most five spots, right? It's really tough to play like more than ten guys, significant minutes in an NBA, even a regular season game. You know, when you expand your bench a little compared to the playoffs, it's hard to play four bigs. Denver's going to try to do that again this year, which they did at the start of last season. They're going to play a ten deep, ten man deep bench. I would assume throughout the regular season, maybe you can push that to eleven. But even so, if you do that, that 11th man, he's not going to play You know, more than six or seven minutes a game, which is pretty insignificant. And you definitely can't really expand that consistently to 12. So there's going to be guys left on the outside looking in. I'm just so interested to see how this bench unit sorts itself out. I'll start it off by saying this. Any way it does sort itself out, any five of those seven guys that the Nuggets elect to play, and I should probably say that four of those guys are most likely locks for significant minutes, I'll call it, like 10-plus minutes a night. Monte Morris, Malik Beasley, Jeremy Grant, Mason Plumley. those guys seem like locks, so maybe there is really only one or one-and-a-half spots open. But uh, anyway, it does sort itself out. Whoever gets that last spot, whoever gets those last two spots on a night-to-night basis, the Nuggets are going to have arguably the best bench in the league. They could have the best bench in the league like they did for most of last season, I think, until around the All-Star break. But over the first, you know, October, November, December, January, first four months of the year, Nuggets had the best bench in the league, in my opinion, captained by Monte Morris with Malik Beasley. You know, Torrey Craig was in there. Juancho was in there at times. Mason Plumlee, of course, was great throughout the regular season. So anyway, it does sort itself out. The Nuggets, I think, will have one of the best bench in the league, maybe the best bench in the league. But that last spot, or those last two spots, it's going to be fascinating. Does Michael Porter Jr. get that spot out of training camp? You now, from what I've been told, from what I'm hearing, he has looked amazing behind the scenes. It's no bullshit, you know? he He has looked this good, but he'll still have to fight, and earn minutes on opening night. The Nuggets aren't just going to hand him minutes right out of the gate if he doesn't earn them throughout the rest of the summer, throughout training camp, throughout the preseason. He's going to have to earn those minutes. I think he can earn those minutes right off the bat, no, but he's still going to have to do that. You've got Tory Craig there who, out of that group, out of that bench group, besides Jeremy Grant, is probably the Nuggets' best defender of this bunch. He had a lot of great defensive moments last year in the playoffs, in the regular season, on James Harden, on Russell Westbrook, on Mike Conley, on Kyle Lowry, on a lot of really good point guards. I think he'll be used in that capacity next season, but you know, will he be playing 20, 25 minutes a night? Probably not. So he, he's a guy who I think Denver will really deploy on a per matchup basis, but he'll still be really valuable to the Nuggets next year. Wancho out of this group besides Malik Beasley, is probably the best shooter here. Best spot-up, knock-down, catch-and-shoot guy. You know Malik, with what he did last season, you, know, you can't discount him from that argument anymore, and especially how much Wancho struggled to shoot the ball last year, falling a 34% from three. You can't automatically put him above a Malik Beasley. Like Now you got to put Malik Beasley in that tier. But he should be one of the Nuggets' best catch-and-shoot guys again next season. Porter, you know, from what you see in practice, could challenge him for that title as well. So I think he could even maybe be used in spots, although it's going to be really hard for him to get on the floor. So it is just going to be really fascinating how this bench group sorts itself out. Like I said, whatever way it does, the Nuggets will have one of the best bench in the league, maybe the best bench in the league. So it's a good problem to have, but the Nuggets will have definitely a surplus of NBA caliber rotation players. Like Torrey Craig could play 30 minutes a game for a lot of teams in the league. Wancho could play 20 minutes a game for a lot of teams in the league. Malik Beasley could be starting for a lot of teams in the league. He'd probably be starting for half the Eastern Conference right now. So Denver's got a surplus of NBA caliber rotation players on their bench. They've got a lot of great depth on this team, and that is going to be really important in the regular season for sure. Next question that i am been really thinking about here that I'm pondering here on August 6, 2019, two months out from Nuggets training camp. What's going to happen at small forward? I've talked about this one a lot in the podcast too. You guys know where I stand on this. I think Will Barton will begin the season as the Nuggets small forward and regain some of that rhythm that he lost when he returned from injury over the second half of last year. But I guess when it comes to small forward and operating on the notion that Will Barton will begin the season as the Nugget starter. The question I'm wondering is, how much will Malik Beasley push Will Barton for that starting spot? Because the leap that we saw Malik Beasley take last year, I think he's in for a similar type of leap this year. Right? He's only 22. He's been taking the summer seriously. Obviously, he took last summer seriously. And with the success he had and with potentially a new contract on the table, or potentially a lot of money that he could make, he's taken this summer super seriously as well. I think he's going to come back a much better player, a much more focused player, and that's a scary sight for rival teams, that Malik Beasley can make another leap next season. And if he does make another leap, like could he challenge Will Barton for that starting spot? Probably. You know, It obviously depends on what player Will looks like next season, but If Malik continues on this trajectory, uh, I think he could. Looking at some lineup data over the last couple of days from last season, from the regular season last year. Here's you know three starting lineups that the Nuggets used a bit. Two that they used a lot, one that they used sparingly, but here's some numbers. Nuggets regular starting five, and I think the starting five they'll open the season with next season. Jamal Murray, Gary Harris, Wilbart, and Paul Millsap, Nikola Jokic, 430 minutes played, a 114.1 offensive rating, a 106.4 defensive rating, and a 7.8 net rating. A lineup that a lot of people like, but that did not post very good numbers last regular season, Murray Harris, Torrey Craig, Millsap, Jokic. So the same four starters, but Torrey Craig in there for Wilbart. 199 minutes compared to the 430 minutes that the regular starters played so a little under half but they only posted a 100.5 offensive rating, 106.4 defensive rating and a -5.9 net rating. You know, the starters posted a 7.8 net rating. The starters but with Tory Craig posted a -5.9 net rating. The difference between the two, uh, both units played really good defense, 106.4 defensive rating, but the starters with Tory Craig couldn't score. You know, 100.5 offensive rating in those 199 minutes. Here's another lineup combination that I want to read off the numbers on. Murray Harris, Beasley, Millsap, Jokic. So the starters, but Beasley at the three. Only 46 minutes, but they posted eye-popping numbers. 122.2 offensive rating, 98.0 defensive rating, 24.1 net rating. So we can't look at those numbers and because they only played 46 minutes say, that's what they're going to do over 200, 300, 400 plus minutes and Malik Beasley should be the starting small forward. But uh, we've seen for, you know, at least a little bit of time that that lineup can be really good together. So I'm just wondering, you know, I'm not going to sit here and say Malik Beasley will overtake Barton for that starting small forward spot. But, you know, it's something I've been thinking about. Can he challenge him for starting small forward minutes? And can he challenge him to, you know, maybe be in that closing lineup too? When it comes to Malik Beasley for next year, here's what I'm looking for out of him. Can he still shoot forty percent from three? I don't think there's any reason to think he can't. I expect them to shoot around that from three this year. Does he continue to develop his off the bounce game? You know, does he continue to develop just as an all around player too? As an off ball mover, as a cutter off Jokic, which he would have to do if he's playing with him a lot in potentially the starting unit. You know, just does his offensive awareness continue to grow? And you think that it should. Look, he's still a really young player in this league. Last year was the first really season in his three years where he's gotten consistent playing time. He didn't over his first two years. So uh, that helps a lot. You know, so just the, this is overall knowledge of the game as basketball IQ continue to grow. And especially I'd be looking for that on the defensive end of the floor. Because he's got the ability to be a really plus-level perimeter defender. You know, he can be that guy on the ball right now. Uh, but off the ball, like a lot of young players, he's still got a ways to go. So uh, I'll be curious to see how he progresses in that area next season, you know how he looks as an off-ball mover on the offensive end of the floor as well. Can he continue to shoot the ball like he did last year, which I think he should. And also just as a creator. You know, will he be able to break his man down off the dribble a little more next season? With how young he is and with the leap he took last year, I think there's every reason to believe that he can grow in all those areas next year. Before we move on on the BSN Nuggets podcast, really excited to tell you guys about some game changing coffee. Strava Craft is the CBD enriched coffee that has really changed lives. You guys, no joke, their reviews are incredible, so make sure to check them out. This CBD-infused coffee has taken away long-term migraines along with back pain and arthritis, IBS, It has helped decrease anxiety, you name it. CBD is all natural, not psychoactive. The coffee is rich and tasty. We couldn't recommend it anymore to our listeners. Again, check it out for yourself today, and you can receive 20% off when you use the code BSN2019 at checkout. You'll get it shipped straight to your door. Finally, the last question that I'm pondering here on August 6th, two months out from Nuggets training camp, two months out from the preseason. Will Jamal Murray take a big leap next year? The Nuggets sure hope he does. Nuggets paid Jamal Murray $170 million this summer. They paid him as much as they could possibly pay him for as many years as they possibly could pay him for it. They're hoping that leap comes this summer, and I think there's a big reason to believe that it might. I detailed last week, and I detailed on bsndenver.com last week, Damian Lillard, who I've compared Jamal Murray to a bit in terms of just his play style, his demeanor, leadership qualities, his desire to take that big shot with the game on the line and, and welcome the responsibility in wins and losses. But Damian Lillard took a big leap after his third season as well. And coincidentally enough, that summer after his third season, Portland handed its franchise point guard a max rookie extension, just like the Nuggets did with Murray after his third season. Lillard responded with a big leap, and I'm curious to see if Murray does as well. The big difference, obviously, is age. You know, Jamal Murray is 22 right now. He won't turn 23 until February next year. Damian Lillard came into the league at 22 years old, right? Damian Lillard's rookie year was played when he was 22 years old. Like, Jamal Murray's 22 right now. And so that's the biggest difference. Lillard made that leap when he was 24, 25. Murray's trying to make that leap when he's 22, 23. He can, you know. He's more gifted, I'd say, than Lillard in, in a few different areas. Obviously, coming out of high school, he was much more gifted, a much better player than Lillard was. Coming out of college, probably a more skilled guy, somebody who was viewed with a higher ceiling. And, and obviously, all credit to Lillard because he's really put himself, because of the hard work he's putting over the summers, because of the dedication he's shown, you know, he's put himself at the level of an all-NBA point guard that some probably thought he couldn't get to. So now it's really on Jamal Murray to you know, fulfill and live up to that contract and keep progressing year in, year out. And I said this earlier, but Jamal Murray is one of the biggest swing players, if not the biggest swing player in the league. If he's playing at an all-star type level, which he did a lot last year, the Nuggets are nearly unbeatable when he's not playing up to his best, when he's not shooting it well from the field, when he's turning the ball over. The Nuggets can still be a really good team. That's the scary part. They're just not that Cream of the crop, arguably best team in the league with him playing like that. Consistency is the biggest thing for Murray next season. Can he score 25 30 on 12 20 shooting one night? And then can he come back and do it again the next night? Or will he have those ups and downs like he had a year ago where he would go for 25 on really efficient shooting numbers one night and then respond with. A 4 15 shooting knife from the field where he turns the ball over a bunch. That's what the Nuggets want to see out of him the most next season. That's what they want to see his biggest rate of improvement in. It's his consistency. He's also got to be a better defender. I think at times he's got to let the game come to him more instead of forcing the issue. Those things will probably come with time. At least I believe they will. And he's still so young, still so young in his NBA career. What he did in the playoffs last year. It was something that not a lot of 22-year-old point guards have done before in their first playoff experiences. So the sky's the limit for him. I'm super high on Jamal Murray still. I think he can live up to the contract, and I think he most likely will. But I am still really wondering, as I sit here today, how big of a leap will he make next year? Because if he does make the leap, a lot of people think he might not saying he has to make the same leap Damian Lillard made because that might be a bit unrealistic just because he's so much younger than Lillard was at this stage in his career. But if he does make a substantial leap, Nuggets can easily win the West and they can definitely be contenders next year for a championship. So let me know what you guys think about those questions that I'm pondering at this stage in the offseason. If you're a subscriber to BSN Denver, go comment in this post where this podcast lives on Endeavor.com, Just go to Endeavor.com, hit the podcast link and scroll to the BSN Nuggets podcast. Scroll to the bottom of the page and then leave a comment, leave a question, leave a take that you have about something I said or something that you want me to talk about on one of my shows over the rest of this week. That comment section on Endeavor.com only open to subscribers. So it's the best way to get your questions in you can also email me, wind at bsndenver.com. If you're not a subscriber, bsndenver.com backslash subscribe. We're still running our Broncos training camp sale where you can get 60% off a BSN Denver subscription. and You can get that membership for just $2.91 a month when you use the promo code Broncos Camp, All capitals, all one word, B-R-O-N-C-O-S-C-A-M-P. And you can get a membership to BS in Denver for just $2.91 a month. You also get a free t-shirt of your choice. Log on to bsndenver.com and browse those right now. Also, all our written content comes in audio form. So if you don't want to read our stories, if you don't have time to read, you can listen to them as well. That's all the time I got for today. Thanks for listening, guys. I'll be back with another show tomorrow. Talk to you then. but they also offer a rewards program that will help towards your purchases. I would recommend Frosted Leaf to a friend, and I would tell them to look forward to different strains and to knowledgeable help. Check out Frosted Leaf's three Denver locations and download their app today.